everyone. This episode has curse words. A lot. I didn't bleep them. Don't listen with kids, unless your kids are cool or they're unfazed by the F word. I own a black cat. Her name is Bella. And no, not after the angsty vampire smoocher. Bellatrix Lestrange. My husband Scott and I recently watched a Harry Potter movie marathon and decided that our animals needed Harry Potter animal nicknames. Our tortoiseshell cat would be Crookshanks, after Hermione's cat, and our munchkin-sized dog would be Scabbers, after Ron's pet rat. When it came time to come up with a name for Bella, we were stumped. And it wasn't until several hours later we realized she's already named after a Harry Potter character. Bella was acquired via a college apartment courtyard with my best friend, Hannah. We responded to an urgent plea from one of the neighbors who, in their words, heroically rescued two kittens from a hawk. The kittens were being held in the neighbor's half bathroom, bouncing around on cardboard laid out to protect the floor. I had never owned a cat. My family were not cat people. We were dog people. We owned dogs. Hannah, however, was a cat person, an impressive one at that. Hannah and I were currently living with a cat named Gaga. Gaga had some behavioral issues that included peeing on things that weren't in the litter box. We described these times as Gaga being a little bitch. Alas, I was not deterred. We vowed to take the kittens into our home and hope for the very best with Gaga and my dog Tiki. If you're keeping up with the math, in the span of an hour, we increased our pet community by 100%. Aside from a massive flea infestation and cat bathing trauma, it all worked out just fine. I'm Danielle, and you're listening to This Is Not The Prologue, meaningful thoughts that don't matter. The other kitten we named Luna, and if you've been paying attention, you know this is after Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter. You know these things always come around full circle. Originally, I had chosen Luna as my cat. Her big eyes were quite impossible to resist. But quickly, I also felt a kinship to Bella. Her midnight fur, introverted personality, and general go-fuck-yourself attitude spoke to me deeply. So, Hannah and I switched. Bella was now mine, and Luna was hers. But shh, I don't think they know that. No one prepares you for the lifespan of an indoor house cat. Trust me, that hawk scare in their formative years was the last time Bella and Luna were even close to danger. They've been living the cushy lifestyle ever since. Indoor cats are an investment. Something like 18 years. 18 years of side eyes, poop scooping, and hairball cleaning glory. It's fascinating that a creature can maintain an active state of contempt for this length of time. As Bella was rescued from the wild, she's impressively off the grid. No microchip, a few documented visits to the vet. I once tried to put a collar on her and she responded so violently you would have thought I wrestled her into some demented version of a cat straitjacket. Bella is an indoor cat only. And even though she comes from out there, she makes very few attempts to leave the house. On a handful of occasions, she's apprehensively poked her nose out the sliding glass door just to be immediately spooked back in by a small breeze. Granted, if she were to escape, I would be fucked. There are a lot of cats in Portland and a lot of black cats at that. 
While I'd like to say that I know my black cat, if you were to put Bella in a criminal lineup of her peers, I don't know if I could do it. Recently, Scott texted me a picture of Bella lying on a pillow, her snaggletooth displayed proudly. Except it wasn't Bella. It was a photo from the internet, a stranger cat. He had shared that photo multiple times over a week, kind of like an inside joke. And it never occurred to me that maybe this cat wasn't Bella. This is why I can't be trusted to spot her outside of the confines of our home. Bella had a boyfriend once a black and white cat that was thankfully different looking enough that there was never a chance of getting them confused. We call this cat Bayo, spelled B-E-L-L-O, but pronounced Bayo, like the suave feline he was. Bayo is a large kitty with extra large paws who especially enjoyed hanging out in our backyard. He simply appeared one day, but had the attitude of a cat who always belonged, who was meant to sit on our fence and eventually fall in love with Bella. The first time I ever met Bayo, it was three in the morning. I was up at this ungodly hour to catch an early flight. I went into the kitchen and heard Bella making strange noises and grinding her body against the sliding glass door that leads to the backyard. Upon further investigation, this odd behavior appeared to be due to a large black and white cat sitting outside. When I say this cat is handsome, mm, one of the most distinguished gentlemanly cats you've ever seen. He looks like he's wearing a tuxedo. And despite Bella's desperate, flailing attempts at flirtation, Bayo calmly sat by the glass door. After this initial encounter, I could always count on Bayo to be somewhere in our yard. I felt a little giddy walking into the kitchen each morning as the first thing I'd do, even before coffee, was to peer out the glass door to see if Bayo had arrived. He was just so chill. He never seemed hungry for food. He was open to pets and rubs, but never demanding. We once invited him inside where he and Bella shared a quick no smooch, and then he was back outside where he seemingly thrived. Bayo is one of many critters in the backyard. We have Pierre the bluebird, Larry the raccoon and his entire family, Terry, Jerry, and Gary. We have Roger, a small white possum. My dog, Winnie, who is also small and white, has had a few late-night interactions with Roger. If things were to escalate into conflict, we'd very much have a I-don't-know-which-one-to-shoot situation. Sometimes I feel like a Disney princess going into my backyard. But instead of bunny rabbits and chipmunks, I'm singing to raccoons, possums, and spiders. Like a trailer park Snow White. I never knew if Bayo had an owner. He didn't have a collar, but I had no reason to believe he didn't have a loving family somewhere nearby. My neighbor, who also has two cats of his own, called Bayo the Stray. This upset me. Bayo didn't have the carnal or chaotic energy of a feral cat. He was gentle. A gentleman, as you know. I didn't like the idea that maybe we were all Bayo had. The idea that he didn't have a real family to go home to was sad. And then one day, Bayo was gone. As unpredictably as he had arrived, Bayo stopped showing up. I'd still do my morning kitchen checks and finally had to come to terms that Bayo and his real family must have moved, maybe to a more rural area with cows and extra space to lounge. I didn't know how to break the news to Bella. She didn't seem too heartbroken, though I truly have no idea how animal memories work. Did she even remember the smooch they shared? 
A few months ago, Scott and I were chatting with our neighbor. We casually asked if he had seen Bayo recently, to which he replied, Oh, you mean the stray? We nodded reluctantly, attempting to restrain our eye rolls. Well, here's the funny thing, he started. The stray was acting a little funny, so I brought it inside. It seemed kind of sick, so I took it to the vet. It needed surgery, but she's planning on making a full recovery. They're going to adopt her out once she's healed. I'm sorry. She? Her? Pay no mind that Bayo is ill or doesn't in fact have a real family. All I could think of at this moment is, oh my god, my cat is a lesbian. Thank you for listening to This Is Not The Prologue. You were here, and now you have other things to do. Wishing you all a fun, spooky season, and happy Halloween. Take care out there.